0: Today, what I'm doing is I compiled a list of the top 10 rules of money, entrepreneurship, and wealth building that I've learned from these entrepreneurs, and I'm going to give them directly to you guys. Welcome to the Action Academy podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom the flags of freedom fly fly. choose to do what you want what you want with who you want with who you want when you want when you want with another episode today now here's your host brian lubin What's up, Action Academy family? This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin, bringing you the mindsets, the methods, and the actionable steps for you to live a rich, happy, and successful freaking life. Let's get to it. Happy Monday. Speaking of life, there's been a lot of changes over here in Brian Lubin slash Action Academy land, and I will give you guys a brief update here shortly. But first, I want to let you know why the heck you should stick with me for the next 10 to 12 minutes. There's a couple thousand new people listening to the sound of my voice right now, which is Awesome. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Action Academy. This is five days a week. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you guys tips and interviews with multi-millionaire entrepreneurs, normally up in the eight-figure to nine-figure mark. And if that's not interesting enough to earn the five-star review and a follow, I sprinkle a couple billionaires in there as well, just for good measure. So since leaving my corporate job in March of last year, I have full-time been interviewing these guys 24-7 each and every day. This is all I do full-time is interview multimillionaire entrepreneurs and meet brand new ones that are awesome and that come into my world. I go into their world and a lot of them come on the show. So I have gotten access to a lot of information and a lot of new perspectives on money and wealth building that most people don't have. So today what I'm doing is I compiled a list of the top 10 rules of money, entrepreneurship, and wealth building that I've learned from these entrepreneurs, and I'm going to give them directly to you guys. So it's going to be a really fun episode today. You're going to want to stick to the end. If you make it to the end and you feel like I am full of crap and I didn't provide any value, you can come punch me in the face, slash the tires of my car like a crazy Carrie Underwood country song. That's okay with me. So that is enough about me. Let's get into the top 10 rules for playing the game of money and wealth building. And bonus rule, notice that I said the game because that's all this is. It's just a giant game. And if you don't choose to play the game, the game will play you. So recognize business, entrepreneurship, money for what it is and have as much freaking fun with it as you can along the journey. So there's a little bonus tip. Let's get into tip number one. You are willing to sacrifice your 20s, 30s, and 40s to become a millionaire. The irony is the vast majority of millionaires would give all their money away, to be 20, 30, and 40 again. Hmm. This rule is so important because you can use this and directly impact how you play the game based off of this information. Do not grind away your 20s. Don't grind away your 30s for hopes of financial freedom and being a millionaire in your 40s. It doesn't work like that. It's not worth it. What you need to do is learn to enjoy the climb that's advice that i've gotten from my mentors and since doing that and implementing that in my life i've made more money had more abundance and a hell of a lot more fun i think all of it's correlated rule number 2 is called the 10 year rule and this is a framework that i created whenever i'm making an expensive purchase and this can apply to any big purchase a car a house a trip an experience even a freaking dinner that's too expensive and you know it is so before i buy the thing i ask myself one simple question will i remember this in 10 years or more? If the answer is yes, I buy it and I don't think about it again. I don't have any emotional attachment to it. I will figure out how to pay it off. If the answer is no, I'm not going to remember this in 10 years. I do not do the purchase. So nine times out of 10 with my travels, I was like, okay, cool. If I'm on my deathbed, if I'm 80, 90, 100 years old, and I'm thinking back on my life, well, I remember this trip to Portugal or this trip to Singapore that I took that was too expensive, but super fun. The answer was yes. That, and then I asked that same question when I moved to Austin. I said, will this apartment that's over $2,000 a month, Will I remember this time in this year in my life for the rest of my life. And I believe the answer will be yes. So I pulled the trigger and I don't think about it. So that's called the 10 year rule. And you'll be surprised after implementing this, how many things you begin to say no to, because you're like, holy crap, I'm not going to remember this. I'm not going to remember this car in 10 years. I'm going to completely forget about it. So there's not even worth my money or my time to buy this thing. And on that same note, that takes us to rule number three, which is the concept of money dials. Money dials is a concept coined by Ramit Sethi in his book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And while there are some parts of his book and some ideologies he has that I don't agree with, I really like his concept of money dials. So basically what he does is he takes all of his different spending and puts it into different buckets. So that could be housing, uh, travel, leisure, convenience, food, entertainment, uh, all these different buckets, right? And so that's how he adjusts his budget is he goes and he asks the question, What 20% of these buckets bring me the most joy and fulfillment in my life? All right. So ask that question for you and spend lavishly in those buckets and then cut ruthlessly from every other bucket. So an example of this is some people, the car, like I just said, may actually be a bucket that really brings them a lot of value and a lot of joy. So if you want to buy the nice car, that's fine. Just know that you have to cut from all the other buckets in order to afford that in your budget. Does that make sense? So for example, my two buckets that I love spending lavishly on are food and travel. So I will get the nicest hotel, I will have the nicest apartment, I will have the nicest Airbnb, go to the nicest restaurants, have the best food. I love that. Like That's where I spend my money. Everything else, ruthlessly cut out. Clothes, not spending money on. Uh, Cars, not spending money on. So action item is go conduct a money dial audit on your buckets and figure out what really brings you joy and then pour all your money there and cut ruthlessly everywhere else. Rule number four, environment matters. You can be successful anywhere, right? You can be successful anywhere, but it's a lot easier to be successful when you're in the right environments. And these are environments where people are doing what you want to do. And where people are hanging out, moving and shaking, like the LA's, the Miami's, the New York's, the Austin, Texases. in my instance. Um, that's why I moved here because all the real estate guys, all the entrepreneurs, they're all down here and they're doing big things and they're rubbing elbows together. I'm not doing Zoom calls. I'm not doing phone calls. I'm not texting them. I'm literally with them at dinner, with them hanging out and just being around these people raises your standards by default without even having any coaching or mentorship from them. Just being around it and actually in person makes such a massive difference. So my advice is I would go and move to those locations, move to the areas where the people are doing what you want to do. And I think it'd be more worth it to do the house hack, to do the crappy house in a nice area, just so you can have that exposure. Now, like I said, if you're in a crappy area you can still be successful. Don't use that as an excuse. Just know that there are easier ways to play the game. And so that's why I moved to Austin. And speaking of playing games, that takes us to rule number five, which is play compound games. What can you build that compounds on itself? That social media following, that recurring business, right? Recurring revenue will kill one-time revenue over and over and over again. That's why you have all these guys that come on this podcast that were wholesalers and flippers that got those big one-time paydays, you know, for $50,000, $100,000. They all wish that they would have gone back in time and kept at least a percentage of those properties that they flipped or wholesaled as rentals to get that recurring monthly cash flow. Same thing with the online course space. I thought that I was going to create the Action Academy online course. One time, done, high ticket, Terrible idea. What you want is you want to build something, build a model, build a subscription, build a business model that will have recurring revenue because that compounds on itself. So then, five years down the road, you have the people from year one still paying you because you're doing the thing so damn well that they want to continue. And then that also keeps you honest in your product and your iteration because you're going to keep creating and keep improving to maintain that customer to increase the LTV, which is the lifetime value. Because if your product starts to suck, your business or your service starts to suck, you will hemorrhage customers. And that will be a really good, clear indication of the market telling you that you're a piece of crap and that your product is crap and you got to change it. And you don't get that direct feedback when you do a one-time purchase because you're always hunting, 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 right? Does that make sense? So for instance, online courses, if I were to go Kill it in the online course space and sell $50,000 of courses in one month. That next month, I would have to sell another $50,000 and use that same energy and effort. Um, Whereas if it's recurring and it's that type of model, then each month compounds on itself and it makes it bigger and bigger and bigger. Same thing with social media. Instead of doing Just a one time webinar or a one time speech, and having people get interacted and engaged with, you build a following and you build an audience, and it's sticky. And more and more people go on, and your views get higher, and your podcast grows, and your media grows, and your leverage grows because this is all games of leverage. So play compound games. If it's not a compound game, do not play it. Now, this is very difficult when you're in your W 2 or a corporate profession because those games are all by default not compounding. So that's why you have to start your side project, start your side hustle. That's why this is so important, is playing the game this way. And that takes us to rule number six. Be the most expensive blank. Okay? Always be the most expensive. Never be moderately priced. Never play the price game. Because if you play the price game with your business or your service or anything that you do, it's only a race to the bottom. Say that you have a grass cutting business, a lawn care business, and you charge $20 to mow a lawn, right? Then you have a competitor come in and they charge 19 And then you have to do 18 to be the low cost provider again. And then they do 17 plus this additional service. And then eventually your margins completely disappear and you're fighting and you're racing all the way down to zero. So that is a finite game. And that is a game that you will lose 10 times out of 10. And there's a floor there. But on the flip side of the equation, there is no ceiling to increasing your prices, increasing your value. So we just talked about the recurring revenue and the LTV game, right, in your business. This is the same thing that applies with increasing your price, being the most expensive, because that forces you to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, why do I feel that I'm not worth that value? Okay, so think about whatever you're doing right now. What would you need to change in order to 10x that price and feel confident when you're presenting it to a customer or a potential customer. Asking that question is what will make your business better because you will iterate and you will change it and you will make it better. I'm constantly asking, how would I charge $25,000 a year for the Action Academy community? Like, how would I charge that and feel really confident and justified in it? And then that makes me make and change my business to that ideal, right? And then that's how you beat your competition by default. There is no competition because most people don't even think about that. They just try to match what the market rate is for whatever this is. And this applies to hair salons. If you're cutting hair, if you're doing copywriting, anything, even a real estate, just be the best, be the most expensive and keep increasing your value until you can claim that spot rightfully and sit on the freaking throne. Rule number seven, passive income rarely exists in its true form. It's very, very rare. What we see are degrees of passivity from the skill level of the investor. Any real estate, any investments that you do, we we talk about passive income all the time. But the people that have the true passive income are the ones that have the best automation and delegation systems, scales, and processes, right? Those are the ones that have the best passivity. So Just know that there's never going to be a time where you're just laying on the couch doing nothing and money's rolling in. Okay, there's going to be CapEx that comes up. There's going to be management tenants that leave. You need to manage the property manager, all this type of stuff. So the better that you get at playing the game, the more that you increase your skills, the higher your passivity will become. But just know that it takes skill and it takes time and reps in the game to be able to be more passive. And when you get to true passivity is when you have managers and different people running businesses for you, like the David Osborne's of the world that are worth over a hundred million dollars. Okay. And you have other CEOs and maybe you're on the board of directors for your own company. That is true passivity. Being a LP, a limited partner in a real estate deal is true passivity. Those are different games to play. Rule number eight, focus on your number one asset. Stop asking. How to invest your first $10,000. Invest it in you. We just talked about degrees of passivity and that directly relies on what? Your skill level. If you're making under $100,000 a year, you don't need to be asking, how can I save more money? You need to be asking, how can I generate more income? What skills do I need? What mindsets do I need? What environments do I need to place myself in in order to increase my skill level and my income generation ability? Because that is what you have to do. You need to invest in you. And a good example of this, uh, two examples actually, are one, we spend $30,000, $50,000 on these four-year college degrees uh, with no really projected ROI on them, right? It's kind of insane when you think about it, right? So if you take that framework and then you take the next framework, which is investing it in the stock market or something like that. Say you have $10,000, you invest it in the stock market. And you just sit there and wait in the index funds, S&P 500, and it's at 7% annual. And then maybe in 30, 40 years, you've got a million dollars. Cool. But if you invested that $10,000 into uh, community, courses, coaching, mastermind, and then that yielded you the ability to make $100,000, that's an instant 10x ROI on your investment. So what I think is the right move to do, and this is right up Alex Hormozzi's lane, is spend all of your excess capital on acquiring more skills to be able to be more valuable to the market, increase your income generation to where you become such a lethal income generation machine that you have all this excess capital and all this excess cash that you don't know what to do with. And that's when you pour it into assets. Okay. Now, when you think about these people that are real estate investors and a lot of these guys that come on the show, they have this skill of real estate investing. All right. They've built businesses around real estate. So they're entrepreneurs that just happen to hang their hat on real estate. I hope you guys understand that because they built the skills. They went to the masterminds, they hired the coaches, and now real estate is their main thing. It's a business. You have to remember that. This takes us to number nine hourly rate. How much is your time worth? Anything less than the dollar amount that you deem your time is worth, you need to delegate or automate it. My time is worth. $500 an hour, if not more. So when it comes to moving, I'm going to pay somebody to move it. I'm going to pay somebody to assemble the furniture. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to mow my lawn. I'm not going to get my groceries. I'm going to have Instacart deliver them. This is the way that you have to think to be able to get up to that next level and really apply scale and leverage. And this applies to anyone at kind of any level. So think about a virtual assistant at $4 an hour, $5 an hour. They can be doing most of the tasks that you're doing in your job. Okay, and you look at like a hundred dollars a week of a virtual assistant that's five dollars an hour working 20 hours. But what if you were able to take that 20 hours and apply it to your revenue production? Holy crap. Think about how much more efficient, how much more income you're going to generate. So set your freaking hourly rate, sit to it, stick with it. All right. And delegate and automate everything else that is not a high dollar productive activity. And lastly, in closing, this takes us to number 10, which is money is not real. Money isn't real. You know what is real? Value. V-A-L-U-E. Value. Money is just a fictitious slip of paper that the U.S. government has printed at its will Uh, It can print as much as it wants at any given moment, as we've seen during COVID. It's just an assignment of value on a little imaginary slip of paper. That's what money is. So if you stop asking money questions and you start asking value questions, that's when the game changes and you realize and you recognize it for what it is. Because now you're not trying to chase more money. You're asking, how do I increase the value that I'm providing to the audience, right? Right and then by default money starts magically appearing and appearing in your bank account. Guys, I promise you, apply this message. Stop asking how do I make more money? Start asking how do I increase my value to the market. If you want to grow followers on social media, stop asking how do I grow followers? Say how can I provide more value on my account so that people by default want to follow me? It's a no-brainer. Right? Ask that question and it will change your freaking life. Guys, I hope that you have stuck with me through all 10 of these rules. This is a little longer than normal for a solo show, but I wanted to get all of this out. If you are still with me, I can guarantee you 100% you will enjoy my newsletter. The Action Academy newsletter is where this is from. I just sent this out in an email last Thursday. It's a five-minute read. This entire podcast was an email that got sent out. So if you don't already, go in the show description and click to join our weekly newsletter. It sends every Thursday around 10 a.m. Eastern time. Sometimes it's a little bit of a fluctuation. Sometimes it's Friday, but it's just one email per week and it's stuff like this. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, If you're new, I hope I've earned your subscription. I've earned your follow and hopefully a five star rating and review. With that, I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, real quick. If you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it. So I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over 1 million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want, and I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.